Hi guys, it's Lindsay Pinchuk, host of Dear Founder. And in case you missed it, I recently made a huge announcement. You've been telling me for months how hard it is to wrap your head around marketing your business. And a few weeks ago, 89% of you told me in a survey that you needed help. Between finding time, being consistent, and simply feeling burnt out, it's nearly impossible. And I want to change that because it doesn't have to be. You can now join my brand new community and group mentorship, Marketing Made Simple for Small Business. You don't need a million followers or a million dollar budget to grow your business. What you do need are the right tools, a process, step-by-step guidance, and a little bit of support along the way. Consider it an extension of your company, your very own marketing department at your fingertips while you're working each and every day. When you join, you'll have access to three monthly live group strategy calls with me, access to ask me your marketing questions within our community, ebooks, guides, checklists with step-by-step instructions, and a community of women business owners to collaborate with, bounce ideas off of, and to support you. And let me tell you, Based on who has already joined this group, you are all in for a treat. And in 2024, I'll be bringing in guest speakers and I'll introduce a whole host of additional resources to support you. The doors are open and founding members will be grandfathered in to the lowest pricing ever offered. Plus, when you join at the annual or lifetime level, you get a big bonus, hour-long one-on-one strategy sessions with me. The link to join is in the show notes, or you can simply go to www.lindsaypinchuk.com. Get excited. I am. I can't wait to work with you and to help make your marketing simple to build and grow your brand and bottom line. Dear Founder, as you know, there's no blueprint for entrepreneurship. You wear so many hats, you burn the midnight oil, you pour your heart and soul into everything that you do. But without a doubt, the journey is worth every single second that you put into it. I'm Lindsay Pinchuk, host of the Dear Founder podcast. I say this because I've lived it for over a decade. I started my first company with $500 in my pocket and a baby in my belly. I grew it and I sold it all. This podcast is my weekly letter to you. We'll talk all things starting, growing, nurturing, and in some cases, even selling a business. Together with some of my closest contacts, I'm here to help you find your own success, whatever that means to you. The ride as a founder is the ride of your life. So come on in and join me for another episode that will get you one step closer to reaching your own founder goals. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Founder. On today's episode, we are talking to someone who, as it turns out, is from my hometown. And she is moving mountains and making huge strides when it comes to helping women get elected into positions of power within our government. But before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to say hi, I'm your host, Lindsay Pinchuk. And for those of you who are new around here, I've been building brands for nearly 25 years. After a decade in corporate America, I started my own company back in 2010 with just a $500 investment. I grew that business to reach 3 million users per month across multiple platforms and generate seven figures in revenue for six years straight. I built this company through practical, cost-effective, organic marketing strategies, and this was all before I led its acquisition to a large agency holding company in 2019. Two years later, I exited with one goal, to support other female founders and entrepreneurs through their own journeys. This podcast is my weekly, sometimes twice weekly letter to you to inspire you to find success through whatever entrepreneurial endeavors you 
are seeking. Today, I use my experience and my proven strategies to make marketing simple for you and your brand. Honestly, that's it. My mission is very straightforward. So if there's anything that you want to hear about or anything that you want me to share to help you through your own journey, I invite you to reach out. All you have to do is email me at lindsay at lindsaypinchuk.com or shoot me a DM at lindsaypinchuk. And if you're inspired by today's episode, I invite you to share it. Text it to a friend or share it in your Instagram stories. If you tag me at lindsaypinchuk or at dearfounder, I will absolutely come and say hi. And as always, if you like what you're hearing, I would be more than grateful if you left a five-star rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you listen. This is how other entrepreneurs discover our show and the incredible stories that we share here. All you have to do is go to www.ratethispodcast.com forward slash dear founder. The link is in the show notes and you can leave that rating or review wherever it is that you listen. And for now, let's meet today's guest. Before she was executive director and founder of Her Bold Move, Jordan Zaslow held credits of director, producer, executive producer on a variety of media campaigns. Along with co-founding the video arm of A+, a digital media company co-founded by Ashton Kutcher, her work was being featured in prominent media outlets across the web, including BuzzFeed, Elite Daily, The Huffington Post, Bustle, and a number of A-list celebrity Facebook pages. She began dipping her toe into the political sphere via sharing her gift of video creation, developing pro bono ad campaigns for female candidates. It was then that she began to notice an overwhelming number of female candidates were losing their respective races to less qualified and less passionate male opponents. So Jordan decided that it was time for a change, and she founded Her Bold Move in an effort to provide support services, financial aid, endorsements, fieldwork, ad and video creation, and fundraising to female candidates so that they would be able to focus on the most important aspects of their campaigns, which is spreading their message and reaching voters. Her bold move has helped over 130 candidates, female candidates in the past three years, becoming the fastest growing support network for women running for office with notable contributions to historic campaigns, to the historic campaigns of LA mayor, Karen Bass and New York governor, Kathy Hochul. The same magic that she brought to her media campaigns years ago, she is now bringing to the campaigns of women running for office, adding yet another title to her name, founder and executive director of Her Bold Move. Please come on in and meet the amazing Jordan Zaslow. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Founder. In just a second, you're going to hear why I am so excited about today's guest, But today's guest is empowering women in huge ways, just as much as we do here. And I know we're going to be fast friends. We just, after five minutes, realized we are both from the same town. And many of you know how important my my history in Michigan and West Bloomfield, Michigan is. And so to meet someone who is from West Bloomfield, we have an instant connection already. But Jordan Zaslow is here. She is the executive director and founder of Her Bold Move. And Her Bold Move is a political organization on a mission to shatter glass ceilings, to elect women to seats that have never been held by women, and to elect women of color to seats that have never been held by women of color. She is a force. She is amazing. And she had a baby 14 days ago. So as you can see, she is a super woman. But I'm so excited that she's here. So Jordan, welcome to Dear Found Her. Thank you. It's great to be here. 
I am so excited to hear your story. I just, what you are doing, I told you is amazing. And I mean, I'm sure you hear that all the time, but we need more people like you. So I'd love for you to start us off by sharing with us the story of Her Bold Move and why you started it and how you started it. Yeah. Herbal Move started as a different kind of organization back in 2020. Um, for 2020, I had really nothing to do with politics. I was just sort of like watching TV helplessly, looking at Instagram posts helplessly, thinking, you know, this 2020 election cycle is going to be very important. And what can I possibly do? I, I was a producer and a director. I was working in the advertising industry, um, producing and directing commercials and branded content. Uh, so the people that I knew didn't work in politics either. We all kind of worked in media and we were very passionate about what was going on around us and very fed up too. I think after Hillary lost in 2016, uh, we figured you know, that was kind of our, if, if someone, if a woman like that can't win as president of America, um, there felt like there wasn't much hope for any other woman who ran in the future. So I think the feminist in me was more fired up than I'd ever been. Um, and so when production shut down, which was like the catalyst for all of this, because, um, I had tons of free time and everyone I knew had tons of free time because of COVID, we were looking for something to do that would be productive. We could be involved in the election cycle. We could use our skills. So many of our, you know, production teams had their equipment sitting in their garages, just collecting dust, figuring, you know, when, when are we going to be able to use this stuff again? Uh, and so we started creating pro bono campaign ads. That was what we knew how to do. We created them for female candidates only, exclusively female candidates running for mostly Congress. And so we blasted out this offering to pretty much every woman that we knew of who was running for office. Uh, we had a team of volunteers working on blasting this out to as many um, candidates as we could think of. We ended up sending it to, I think, thousands of candidates. And we got, we got responses right away from candidates saying, you would make a pro bono campaign ad for me. I need a I need a campaign ad. I can't possibly afford it because they're so expensive. Uh, they can cost as much as $30,000 for congressional campaigns. Um, so they were so grateful that we were offering to do this. And they basically set us up for this. We built this coalition based on the premise that women needed support and we were there to support them. We didn't have anything else going on. So we ended up making 75 pro bono campaign ads for women um, running across 18 states. And in the time that we were doing that work, we learned a lot about the landscape. We learned a lot about what it's like to run for office as a woman, the experience of running for office as a woman. And we saw a lot of things that we could never unsee. Um, and that's why we built Herbold Move a year later to fill the gaps in the support system and to be the support that we had wished we had seen more of when we started that work in 2020. So how does, what does her bold move look like now compared to what it looked like in 2020? Yeah. So in 2020, we were mostly creating pro bono ads. So right. it was mostly like a um, production company, basically. We were kind of like a, like an agency. Um, so candidates would come to us, they'd say can you make me a video? We would put together a team for them of volunteers from the media and production industries and create videos for them. And 
now we are a formal, you know, entity. We're a political action committee. We have all sorts of different departments um, and we, our support is a lot more holistic. We're still creating those campaign ads, but we're also doing so much more. Um, we're raising money so that we can offer campaign contributions to the candidates, which is deeply needed. And we have volunteers around the clock that we um, are able to acquire and retain thanks to our fellowship program. So we, at any given time, if a candidate needs, for example, help with texting or phone banking, we have a roster of volunteers that um, we can send their way. So we have like a, like a much more holistic approach and we help them in, in different kinds of ways. And we're always exploring more ways to support them. Um, you know, the, the, is, is sort of like the creative ways that, that other organizations might not be thinking about. Um, but that's still so needed from the campaigns. So you just said a couple of minutes ago that like until this time in 2020, you were not political, like you were not involved really in politics. And so I find it so inspiring to hear when people like yourself, like make those comments and they have done, they have now moved mountains, right? I mean, you have made such a contribution thus far and I can't wait to see how much more so you do as the years go on. But you had to learn a lot when you started this because it wasn't just like a learning curve of, of like how to run a business, which is which many of the founders, and even though it's not a business, it ha- it's still run like as an entity, right? Like you have, there's a million things that you have to do, operations, finance, HR, et cetera. But you also had to learn about like the political landscape. Yes. Yes. And so I am so grateful to so many people because I think so. So basically it was like, you're exactly right. It was like a, like a boot camp, um, to just like get in there, learn the rules, learn about campaign finance, campaign compliance, these, these crazy, um, rules and, and policies and, and guidelines that uh, you really do need to know and, and you do need to comply with in order to to do what we're doing. Um, but I'm so grateful to so many of our partners and so many of the people that we worked with along the way who had deep histories, you know, working in politics and who had years of experience and could could share their best practices and who could kind of guide us. Because, and I think that this is what I always say, because this is just so important to, to know, to note the reason that people were so eager to help us, I think is a indication of how needed the work that we're doing really is. Because as soon as we came on the scene, everybody was sort of so grateful to see us and so eager to help us and so enthusiastic in their support for, for what we were doing. And I think that it was because they figured no one else is really doing this type of work the way that you're doing it and with the approach that you're taking. Um, so, so we had volunteers in every category in 2020. We had production people volunteering their time. We had lawyers volunteering their time. And we had campaign compliance um, experts volunteering their time, too. And that's not the kind of thing that people usually volunteer their time doing. That's how they make their living. Um, and so I think that that was like these people who have seen so much and who have been in this industry for so long were so excited about the work that we were offering to do that they wanted to support it in any way that they could. And so they ended up supporting it in in free advice. What are some of the bigger campaign efforts that you've supported that you've helped like what are some of the bigger efforts that you've moved the needle on I I really just kind of want to paint a picture for the people listening as to some of the awesome work you've done 
Yeah. So we support candidates in primaries, which is sort of unheard of. Um, we support candidates who are running against, you know, decent Democratic opponents, maybe some white guy who's been in the seat for decades, like since the early 90s. And, you know, a new and excited, exciting female candidate is running against him. We will get involved in those races. Um, and when we first started doing this work, that was really unheard of. Um, the Democratic operative, the Democratic um, landscape uh, and Democratic operatives and people like that were like, it's so important that a Democrat wins. That's what we care about. Like, we need more Democrats. We need to make sure that Democrats are in office. And if you're doing something to jeopardize that by getting involved in a primary where, you know, you're um, holding a Democrat's feet to the, like a Democratic incumbent's feet to the fire, um, that's jeopardizing the chances of Democrats staying in office. So when we first started this work, that was like 2020, 2021. That was really unheard of. People did not like that we were getting involved in primaries. Now, when we tell people that that's something that we do, the response is different. It really is. It's, it's more, I think, I don't know if this is necessarily a testament to the work that we're doing or if it's sort of just the landscape of the fact that, you know, Roe v. Wade was overturned in the time that we've existed. And now people are, women especially, are sort of understanding that Roe v. Wade was never codified, even when Democrats held majorities in the legislative chambers. So the fact that there has not been a majority of women representing us is very obvious now in the actual policies that we're seeing. So I think now people are saying, oh, you're right. It is important that we have women representing us in these chambers, speaking to lived experiences, speaking to their constituents' values, you know, all of their constituents, not just the male constituents. So it's probably a combination of the fact that that happened in 2022 and also that we exist now and that we're raising our hands and saying we're not okay with Democratic men coming into office and not fully representing their, all of their constituents. Hi guys, it's me, Lindsay. I hope you're enjoying the episode. I just want to drop in to tell you that I want to give you a gift this holiday season. You've given me the gift of your listenership all year, and now I want to say thank you. So for the entire month of December, I'll be picking one review from Apple Podcasts per week to win a $100 American Express gift card to use on any small business that you want to support this holiday season. All you have to do is leave a review on Apple Podcast after December 1st. Watch the Dear Founder Instagram account or listen here every Thursday to see if you won. And if you did, there will be instructions on how to claim your prize. I want to thank you so much for listening and thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting the show and thank you so much for leaving a rating or review. And now back to the show. What have you seen in terms of like, I mean, a lot has changed. A lot has changed. Just so much has changed. There's just been a shift in what's important. And has it shifted enough that that we can get these women into office? And, you know, what have you seen? Like, I, I, I'm, I am not like I'm political, but I'm not a political expert. But I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, because I think everyone's real nervous thinking about next year. Well, there, I have two answers to that question. One is encouraging and one is not. <laughs> um, the first, my, my gut reaction from talking to so many people about these issues and about the fact that we're not okay with just electing 
any Democrat willy-nilly, especially considering that there are plenty of Democrats who are actually anti-choice um, and who don't fall in line with a lot of the same policies that people think that they might. Um, so in those conversations, I'm very encouraged because, like I said, people really do seem to be prioritizing getting pro-choice people in office and getting people in office who who are happy to give to throw their full-throated support behind the pro-choice movement. In 2022, which was the, the November election of 2022, which happened after Roe v. Wade was overturned, um, we didn't see any more women getting elected into office. The numbers did not change. The women in Congress, the, the number of women in Congress did not change, even by, even by one, um, which to me was not encouraging. And to, and to me, that was a little bit worrisome, actually, because I, the way I see it, it's such a no-brainer. Like, if we can elect more women, we can ensure, you know, that our reproductive health care will always be there and that the people in office understand the value of it and the importance of it. So when that happened, I, I felt a little bit less encouraged. Um, but like I said, in the work that we're doing and in the conversations that we're having and and even in, in the conversations that we're having with people who I wouldn't necessarily have expected to understand this, the importance of electing women, you know, men, for example, um, I do I do think that communicating it that way and saying Roe v. Wade was never codified. That's just one example. There's so many examples where that one came from about why women's issues were not prioritized for so many years in, in our legislative chambers. Women haven't been in the rooms. And when you put it that way, people do sort of pause and say, you're right. Women haven't been in the rooms. I wonder what would happen if more women were in the rooms. Because there, for example, Roe v. Wade or let's just or or the boy, the boyfriend loophole is another great example. The boyfriend loophole. Um, which will you explain what that is for those who don't know? Okay. So the boyfriend loophole is a loophole in the gun control legislation that because for years, husbands who had been convicted or accused of domestic violence against their wives were not able to purchase firearms. But that same policy did not apply to boyfriends who were accused or convicted of domestic abuse against their girlfriends, which obviously is a huge um, oversight and um, needed to, to be addressed because plenty of boyfriends murder their girlfriends, you know, if they're, if they're able to purchase firearms. So Amy Klobuchar took it upon herself when she got into Congress. She's been working on this loophole for decades. Um, and so she got in there and this was one of the first things that she started prioritizing. So that's an example of a woman came in and understood this is a woman's issue that no one's talking about or prioritizing. I guess I'll have to be the one to stand up and, and take care of this because certainly the men in here aren't going to be doing anything about this. They haven't yet. So I want to kind of get into how this works and how people can help. So if you are a candidate, how does it work to work with you? <laughs> with her bold move? Yes. Okay, sure. So, Sorry, I should have no, clarified no, no. that. I, and then, yes. Okay, so her, So if you are a candidate and you want support from her bold move, we have an application on our website to, for starters. So candidates can apply on our website in that application. Then we review their application. They send us their budget, their prospectus, their campaign plan. We look over everything and then we schedule a time to interview them. And we 
interview them and we send everything off to our endorsements board. Our endorsements board is a, uh, our decision-making body who decides not just who we endorse and who we support, but also sends us candidates that we should be looking at and races that we should be prioritizing. Um, and so they take a look at everything that the candidate sent over and then they vote. And once they've voted to endorse that candidate, um, we then start the process right away. We start our programs right away. So then they go, they are on our roster, which means that our, um, volunteer coordinators reach out to them and figure out ways that our volunteers can jump in to their races. We send them campaign contributions. We try to get them in touch with our partner organizations who also offer campaign contributions in case they haven't already taken a look at their campaigns um, or the races that they're in. And, and, you know, we ask them to maybe consider endorsing them as well. Um, So we kind of, and we also um, have meetings with their teams pretty regularly to assess what's going on with their race, how we can be getting involved more, what their unique needs might be in their specific races um, and with their voter blocks that they want to be targeting, um, things like that. We also um, share their campaigns with our network, with our donors, with our grassroots donors, and we uh, keep our donors and grassroots donors updated on the state of their races too. Where do most of your donations come from? Most of our donations are grassroots, actually. Uh, we have an amazing grassroots fundraising program. And I think that that's another indicator, indication of just how needed our work really is. Because um, as soon as we started letting grassroots donors know about the work we're doing and about the candidates that we're supporting, the response was almost immediate. And we started having success fundraising at grassroots level almost immediately when we launched in 2021. And what does your team look like? Yeah. Like, I know you have a lot of volunteers, but like, what is your, the Her Bold Move team look like? So the Her Bold Move team is a combination of super volunteers and part-time staff. Um, And so the super volunteers and the part-time staff are all people who really started working with us in 2020. So it's like this group of people who started this work with us in 2020 and haven't stopped since. Um, and that's been really amazing to see. So um, it's like the core team has been the same core team almost the whole time. And then we, it's like a snowball. We keep bringing more and more people on who are passionate about this cause and who want to work on it in some way. Um, and so we, we really have a combination of people who can devote a lot of time to it and people who, you know, maybe can work on it for a handful of hours per week, or also volunteers who just want to know when a, can- a candidate that they're excited about is ho- holding a fun bank, a-, a phone bank, and then they can jump in and, you know, give an hour or two of their time to phone banking. So are you the only full-time employee? Yes. And do you pay yourself? No. <laughs> At all? No, not right now. So no, I I mean, I want to, this is important to to share. That's why I'm I'm asking you. Do you mind that I'm asking you this? Um, It's not like a super duper known thing, but, um, but no, I mean, so basically all of the money that we raise really does go to our candidates and their campaigns and to the programs that we, uh, run for their campaigns. So that's and where all you, and, and I just, I, because I, I, I've worked and talked to many nonprofit founders and I just, so I, you know, I want to say this, but like, and you just, you feel so wholeheartedly that, this needs to be done, that you are willing to do this in this capacity. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, it really, and, and everyone that's working on this feels the same way. It's very obvious the more time we spend doing it, that if we can really succeed at, at doing this and we can last, we, we can have the staying power that needs, that you need to have in this industry to really move, you know, not just move the needle, but to change the landscape of, of what it looks like to, to run for office as a woman, to change the experience of running for office as a woman. Um, we, we understand that it's going to take a long time to make that real change that we're looking to make. But if we can make it, it's not just, we don't just think that the experience of running for office as a woman will improve and that will be it. We think that the country as a whole would improve. We think that it would change the lives of all women in this country um, for the better. So we, re- I mean, we all pretty much believe that this is like one of the most important things that we could possibly be spending our time doing. Today's episode is brought to you by Hivecast, an amazing agency providing high quality podcast production made simple and affordable. I hit the jackpot when I came across Hivecast as I pieced together services from contractors all over the web initially to help me with my podcast. Hivecast was everything that I needed all in one place. For just $500 per month, they not only produce and edit four episodes, but they also create the marketing assets. Emma, my account manager, is amazing, making sure that I'm on task and that we can schedule episodes regularly and by my deadlines. Honestly, the time saved working with Hivecast is worth at least triple what I'm paying. Their sister company, Fireside, offers other marketing services for small businesses, including social media management, Facebook and Instagram ads, search engine marketing, and so much more. Again, all at a rate palatable by a small business owner. The best part, there's no contract. You can purchase their services as needed on a monthly basis. Use the code FOUNDHER and save 50% off your first month of services. Give them a try. The decision to outsource this part of my business has surely saved me a ton in the long run, and it was the best decision I've made for my business. What is the plan for this as you guys grow? I mean, obviously, you're not going to work for free forever. I mean, this, you know, I know you are a nonprofit, but plenty of nonprofit directors do end up paying themselves. But what is the goal ultimately, like as you guys grow? I mean, this is only the, what, the third election cycle that you guys have supported? Yes. Okay. So what are... Yes. So as time goes on, what are what are the hopes for this? Yeah. So... As time goes on, so we definitely have, we have a, you know, we have our budget, we have our um, five-year plan, and we want to hire full-time staff slowly. And I'll tell you why. A lot of our peers in this industry came in onto the scene in 2016, 2018, or 2020, and raised incredible amounts of money during that time, during those kind of like impassioned, heated moments in American history. And we're almost, we almost feel lucky that we didn't have that experience because I think that it set a lot of organizations up for an unrealistic expectation of what their fundraising experience was going to be like in a normal client, in a normal-ish, I should say, (laughs) political climate. Uh, And that's what this year has been. And so a lot of our peers are having layoffs. Some of them are folding and they're definitely having to change not just the direction of, you know, what their, what their 
workforce looks like, but also what they can even do because they were able to do so much more when they had so much more funding. And now this year has been really slow for a lot of, you know, fundraising and a lot of people are having to cut back on their programs and what they were doing. So we never had that. We didn't start raising money until 2021. We were doing everything as a, not as a totally just, um, volunteer powered coalition in 2020. We didn't have any act blue pages. We literally, if, if people went to our website and they wanted to support our work, they were directed straight to our candidates act blue pages. So we didn't have a bank account. We were just like, if you want to volunteer with us, like that's our currency right now. And we're grateful for that because we never experienced like a, like an influx, like a, like a wave of fund funding ever. We've really been working very hard to get the funds that we have gotten, but it hasn't been easy. And we've definitely understood sort of what it will look like to sustain ourselves in a much more normal political climate. So I don't ever want to have to lay people off. I don't ever want to have to uh, downsize or anything like that. So we're lucky right now that we're able to continue at the pace that we're going and that so many people are still fired up about this particular cause that they're still working on this, you know, in addition to their full-time jobs. Um, and obviously our, you know, our part-time staff is, is able to sustain, which is great. Um, so that's, that's the plan. The plan is really to, to move very slowly and to understand exactly what our funding is going to look like and how, where it's going to come from for a number of years before we start letting people plan on us for, you know, they're raising their family or whatever else they're going to be doing with their salary from our, from the work they're doing with us. So obviously this is a community of women who mainly women who want to lift up and support women. And obviously that includes the women who run our country. That includes the women who support the women who run our country. How can our community support you guys? How can we support her bold move? Yeah, well, definitely we have so many. So if you go to our website, www.herboldmove.org, there are a number of, if, you, if it's, let me actually see what it looks like here. It's get involved at the top. And there are a number of links from there to sign up, to make a donation, to volunteer, to phone bank. Um, and that is the first place to start. If you sign up to volunteer with us, we will start looping you in on opportunities to get involved, to volunteer. Um, you can see on our website which candidates we're working on at any given time. And if you if there's one that sparks your interest, maybe they are in your district, maybe they're in a neighboring district, or maybe they're, you know, they're just a really exciting candidate and you think that they deserve more support. Um, you can get involved in their phone banking, text banking, and even field work efforts. Um so that's one way to help. And we are always putting our volunteers to work. We're always giving our volunteers opportunities to, to jump in. Um, and also, like I said, like there's, there's, we have super volunteers. Like we have people who, who have emailed me saying, I'm a graphic designer and I, and I'm so excited about Herbold Move and I'm so excited about what, what you're working on and, and the mission that you're trying to enact. Uh, how can I help? I'm, I'm a graphic designer, like put me to work. And we literally, have we've said okay great we need you know x amount of you know this we need a new logo we need a new um you know we need some someone to help our social media pages or can you jump in on our website on you know can you help us design some of the pages on our website like there's millions of things or you know our candidate could certainly use graphic design help um let me put you on an email with them and you can help them with their graphic design so 
definitely there's, there's countless, there are countless ways to get involved with, with our efforts. Um, and then of course, fundra- we're always fundraising. So we're always accepting donations. That's, that's just sort of the, the experience of running a nonprofit, the experience of working in politics is we're always fundraising. But, um, but really the, the, one of the, my favorite parts about this experience in general has been that we have been able to keep our volunteers and, and the people who work on this effort excited about the work. And I think that that's because we always let people kind of make it their own, make it their own, um, you know, show off their own skills. If this is what they do for literally a living and they are so good at it and they're so talented at it, we've said, great, we want to, we want to make this, you know, your, 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 um, your project, like this is your project, take ownership of it. And, and this is going to help women get elected in in races across the country. So Jordan, I have two more questions for you. The, you are the mom of two girls, two beautiful like baby girls, both of them are like babies. You have a toddler and a baby. What do you hope is the legacy you're building for them right now? Yeah, the legacy is is really what we think about all the time, I think, which is not, you know, not just improving conditions for women candidates, but improving conditions for American women all across the country. It's hard to be a woman and it's hard to be a woman in America. And we don't talk about that enough. Um, I think that we look at like the Middle Eastern countries and we say, you know, they're subjected to Sharia law and they have to, you know, do X, Y, Z things and they don't have the same rights and they can't go to school. And of course that's much more extreme than what we're dealing with, but it really is, it's dangerous to be a woman in our country. It's often unsafe. And there aren't really a lot of laws that take that into account the way that there should be. So women aren't necessarily as protected as they should be. Um, and obviously the premise of her bold move is that that would change with more women in the rooms where decisions are being made. So as a founder, what would you say are three actionable tips that you would give another founder that's just starting out? Three actionable tips to a founder that is just starting out. So first of all, don't give up. Because it's pretty much when you're a founder, you have infinite opportunities to give up. Um, it's so hard. <laughs> and it re- you can sort of lose sight of the greater mission and the greater um, vision, too, um, and why you're even doing it. Because it often can feel like it's, so hard, it's too hard to even keep doing it, and it would be so much easier to just work for someone else. Um, so if you, don't, if you don't have to give up, and you still feel as passionate as you did before about the initial vision, don't give up, don't stop, um, keep the inertia. And a second would be, don't listen to haters. <laughs> if there are people who seem like they're not as excited or they don't get it, or they you know, are kind of naysayers, um, You'll also hear from a lot of people who will tell you that what you're building already exists. And that's not true because you are building it and you're the only you. So you're going to build it your own way and you're going to do something unique that no one else can do. So I can tell you right now, if someone says that what you're building already exists, I promise that's not true. Um, and the third would be to 
fake it till you make it sometimes. <laughs> and I know that that sounds like that's a cliche and people often say that, but, um, a lot of the time just having a professional presence or a confident, um, exterior, even when you're not feeling confident is enough to get enough people on board for what you're doing and enough to sort of, um, get people excited and, and feel like you're a confident leader and you, you see the vision, maybe they don't see it yet, but they will. And they can kind of count on you that they eventually will see it. Uh, so the confidence that you exude, um, even if you're not feeling it on the inside is, can, can actually save what you're building as a whole in the long run. Jordan Zaslow, executive director and founder of Her Bold Move. Thank you so much, not just for being here, not just for sharing your story, not just for sharing your wisdom, but for all the amazing work that you're doing for all of us and for all of our daughters and all of our children and everyone in this country. This was an interview that when it was pitched to me, I right away wrote back and said, yes, I want her on the show. And I told you when we got on that I do not shy away from sharing my beliefs and my opinions. And when it comes down to it, I believe that women have a right to have a voice and to be in the room where it happens. And you are helping to make that happen. So thank you. Thank you. It was great talking to you. I love your podcast. So it's great to be to have been a guest. I'm so excited to share this. Thanks, Lindsay. Today's episode was definitely a different kind of conversation than those that we usually have here on Dear Founder, but I hope that you found it inspiring nonetheless. Jordan is amazing. What she's built is incredible. And what she is doing to really help women to get into office and to be a part of just some of the most important initiatives set forth by our government is really amazing. So today's takeaway is a different one. Today's takeaway is this. If you found today's episode inspiring and you are on board with what Jordan is doing to help female candidates, I invite you to sign up to volunteer with Her Bold Move and to help female candidates get elected. All you have to do is go to www.herboldmove.org forward slash volunteer and you can fill out the form and check out all the ways in which you can help. I want to thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for being here. Please stay tuned because we have another amazing episode coming your way very soon.